Hello, I'm your host, Jim McLean. Welcome to the latest edition of the Bandaflix Movie Review Podcast. Hello, Jason Dean. Greetings and salutations. You a Heather? No, I'm a Veronica. Sawyer. This may seem like a really stupid question. And there are no stupid questions. You inherit $5 million the same day aliens land on the Earth and say they're going to blow it up in two days. What do you do? That's the stupidest question I've ever heard. So that's a clip of Heathers, and I'm joined now by our very own Therese Ray. Therese, we're going to be talking. It's kind of a retrospective review. It's 30 years old this year. Within the Bantaflix ranks, you're one of the biggest fans. You might actually be one of the people that got me to actually watch the film for the first time, and I have to say I've become a big fan of it. So for anyone, as I always say, the, the uninitiated, give us a bit of setup about it and then why you love the film so much. Um, so basically, Heather stars Winona Ryder, who is basically tries her best to get in with these um, popular girls called the Heathers. The three girls are all named Heather. They all dress the same and they basically rule the school. So, I mean, it's been done time and time again. You see it in Mingards, things like that. But I would say the Hellers is probably one of the, the most original where, you know, and it's not as, I suppose, I compared it to Mingards, but on that scale, probably the, the only closest thing it is to Mingards is the fact that there's three popular girls and one outsider. Um, The film, you know, it, it was set in the 80s. Um, the style, big shoulder pads, big hair, quite explicit in some points as well. But um, it's it's just a satire, and it's the the way that the whole film is, um, the the whole film carries the story. Uh, I would say if it was done in more of a high school esque, maybe if it was done in the lines of Me Girls, it probably wouldn't have as much as of effect as it did at the time. Um, it deals with suicide. It deals with um, sexual orientation, um, with eating disorders with weight um and and people's you know genuine self-esteem the, the way it's done in a comedy aspect is is why i enjoy it so much with the the 30 year anniversary coming up there um i know there was an awful lot of reviews that came out that had really criticized the film and had compared it and what it would be nowadays um you know if it was set in modern times and i, I don't believe it but it would have ever worked i know there was a a TV show on the running, which was eventually pulled um, due to some of the topics that are covered in the original film. It's not necessarily a school shooting, but there's there's a bomb, etc. And I, I, you know, I can see why it wouldn't really transcend well into modern times. But you know, it, it's around that time where people have, would have had the likes of Sixteen Candles, the John Hughes films, you know, painting this teen angst in a real kind of fabricated way. Um, whereas I think this film just, you know, as extreme as it is, it, it's kind of true to the sense of bullying and in school and eating disorders and, you know, how in reality, how, how teenager, teenagers have to deal with school on a daily basis, aside from bombing a school or murdering your fellow classmates. We've all been there. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's a great film. And, you know, with the anniversary coming up, it's it's if you haven't seen it, it it's something that you should give it a watch. It's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but I think it's up there with one of the greats around that time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as I kind of alluded to, I think from talking to you about certain films, I think I hadn't seen The Heathers and then I had seen other films that had, had openly cited in their production notes that they had referenced Heathers. Like I'm talking about Thoroughbreds, which I saw last year at London. 
And, you know, even when you look back at now, you can see hints of like American Psycho, you know, there's all those elements there. And I came to it and it was, as I say, through your recommendation. And it took me a few viewings because I think my point was the first time it was kind of like the satire was not lost at me, but it felt too on the nose like when you think of stuff like the Columbine uh, and, and the many kind of mass shootings that we've seen at schools. But then, you know, second, third view, and I started to get, you know, it's I'm, I'm taking this too seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this too literally. This is a film that deals at its heart with the sensationalism that we see with, with suicide. And you kind of see how kind of the teenage kind of how the kind of school kind of overreacts and kind of how they want to micromanage their pupils. I mean, there's there's great scenes. You know, I'm going to come to, you know, the, it's 30 years old, but the dialogue still cuts like mm-hmm. a chainsaw, pardon the pun. But it's all there. But there's these great scenes where it's kind of teachers sitting around yeah, meetings, kind of trying to kind yeah. of discuss about, you know, how they want to deal with a suicide and, and things like that. But I come back to the dialogue's great. You know, there's stuff like, I mean, there's one of those things you've, you've, you've mentioned, you know, there is there is murders in this. You know, it's that great line, you know, my teenage angst now has a body count. And mm-hmm. what is it about? Can you remember kind of the first time you watched The Heathers? Can you remember how you discovered it? Was it recommended to you? Or how it was one of those true cult classics just happened to fall on your lap? Um, it was recommended to me by a friend in uni. Um, it was, I, I studied film studies at uni and I think we're on the lines of, you know, the likes of Death Becomes Her and the, just kind of alternative films. And I've always been a, a fan of Winoda from, you know, I work with Tim Burton as well. And it just one night me and my friend Robert the guy who recommended it to me just says look do you want to sit down and watch it and like like yourself I I didn't get it on the first go there was a lot that kind of bypassed me but the more I watch it now there's a lot more I pick up you know specifically the scenes between Vivian and her parents which I think on first first look it will it would pass anybody um but you know touching on how the teachers deal with it um, like she, she comes from money, and you, you know they all kind of come from money, and um, th- there's one each time she sits down with her parents. It's always in the garden. It's all this picturesque, um, you know, white picket fence, and um, there's always this running joke that her dad's always complaining about something, you know. Um, I think there's a bed and he's sitting smoking a cigarette, and he's like, "Why do I smoke these damn things?" And then the wife's like, "I don't know." And then their whole conversation goes like that. Like the dad says something, da-da-da-da, and then the wife returns, da-da-da-da. And you can just see her in the middle. The first sit-down that they have, she just kind of goes, oh, dad, you're so funny. And then maybe the second and third time, she starts to get really pissed off. And you can see her kind of cracking out of that white picket fence. Everything is good because I've got money. Perfect lifestyle. And you've obviously touched on it, but you know the scene after one of the first murders when they're all sitting, all the teachers and the principal, the reaction, they're all like the room's filled with smoke and they're all, they're not even sitting up straight, they're all lying down in their chairs and um, they're just kind of like, you know, what are we going to do about this? Like, you know, you know, how are the kids going to react? And um, I think they, they get like a TV reporter in or something like that and then everybody's you know it's kind of the same thing in Mean Girls um, with Regina uh, Regina George whenever she injured herself it interviews everybody and you know the, the the kids that they bully are like oh god Heather was just we loved Heather we just wanted to be Heather um, and 
I suppose one of the, one of my most favorite things is it's a free nil for the first teller that that dies and you see each person going up and there's an internal monologue and you know you could see on their faces they're very devastated that she's dead but inside they're just completely elated that she's gone and um the next teller can step up as the head girl um so you know it it suppose it was recommended but it, it took me a while to come around to it um and if it, when I do recommend it I would always say you know don't don't take it as it is on the first go watch it a few times and um I think with that you know that a film is a good film in a sense that the more you watch it the more things you know um because it's smart um and it just interesting to know that it was the director and the writer's first film that they ever did and it mightn't have done so well back then but it's got its cult status now you know it's films like blade runner john carpenter's the thing that didn't find their audience straight away but found its audience on home video and has kind of now earned that cult status and it's a thing you know it's hard to think that you know those films like why were they not a success at the time because when i look at heathers now i was never a teenage girl I have to hold my hand up. I know you're looking shocked, Dress. So I didn't have that kind of, well, you know, it's high school there. I didn't have that school kind of experience. But there's a certain sense to me looking at it now that whilst, you know, I'm this person who looks at roast, I, I look with roast tinted glasses on the back catalogue of John Hughes. You know, I love The Breakfast Club. I love Sixteen Candles. I know, you know, there's been a certain sense now, even with Molly Ringwald, like with the kind of Me Too campaign, looking back at those films differently. And look and saying that she was put in awkward situations at the time, and that has maybe sense that you know you have to look at those films in a with a in a, with a different perspective. But for me, whilst Heather's is a film that deals with uh, that kind of sensationalism of suicide, and how when when someone does you know die or when when some someone does commit suicide, how we only want to to you know we go out of our way to speak positives, and be, even though if we kind of detest that person, we go out of our way to say oh they were the greatest person of all time. But as someone you know. As someone who at one point in your life was a teenage girl at school, is there a sense, in a way, that there's an honesty about this portrayal of the school experience that maybe John Hughes didn't have? Or am I speaking complete balderdash? No, a hundred percent. I mean, I didn't go to school in the eighties, um, so I wasn't. Uh, unfortunately, wasn't with the shoulder pad group as much as I would have loved to be. You didn't um, go vintage. You didn't go retro. No, like, like, it was pretty strict Catholic girl school. All you know, very reserved. Um, but it, I'd say it's pretty true to form. I mean, if, if you take Pretty in Pink for example, brilliant film. Molly Ring, Molly Ringwell, sorry, is is a brilliant actress, and and it's one of those films that I have a real soft spot for. But I mean, you know, in this day and age. The alternative, you know, girl who works in a record store who um, makes her own clothes isn't going to be the one that's going to end up with the popular guy, rich guy with the Mercedes Benz at the end. It's just never going to happen. And I, th- I think I remember reading somewhere that John Hughes really thought that his films were true to form. And they weren't. It was a re- really was a romanticised idea. idea. I mean, even with The Breakfast Club, like, yes, they do try to portray... Um, different sides of the stereotypes it, it's it's all exaggerated and yes heather is exaggerated for what goes on but that whole hierarchy system and the insecurities of other people i mean it happens 
year after year, decade after decade, no matter if it's set in the 80s or if it's set in 2018. So, you know, it was, and I didn't have, I didn't have a terrible time in school at all, you know. So you were a Heather then? I, well, um, I suppose it's one of those cases, but if it's not somebody else, it's definitely me. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in school numerous times and it's a shame that it does happen. But I think, you know, it's maybe better in that sense that films like Heather's are kind of maybe made in the sense that, you know, don't kind of, I'll touch on it again, you don't romanticise something that's not true. And, you know, you talked about thoroughbreds. Again, that is, it's an extremist film, but it's realistic in some senses too. And you, you see the, the hints of Heather's in that film. But I mean, it's it's set in present day, and as you can see, the things that happen in high school in the eighties still happen in schools nowadays. Yeah, I I I think there's a sense, you know, the film is slightly tarred, and that's probably the correct the the correct way to put it, of the fact that since its release, we have seen the wake of umpteen, uh, you know, school and uh, mass shootings at schools. And I don't think it's it's fair to, whilst it's kind of it's a topic of point in Heather's. I don't think it's necessarily necessarily true to say that you know someone watching this would be inspired to yeah. go out and do that. It's it's definitely not what it is. I mean, there is that great line by JD near the end, you know, about the the, the school of of Westerberg was that self destructed itself, but it didn't really because you know school was society, and and there is that sense of whilst this is all playing out in a school setting, that the, all the kind of topics and the satire could go well beyond the the confines of mm-hmm. a school. There's a film that's 30 years old. I still say the main selling point for me is is still the dialogue. I love some of the dialogue in this film. It's like, you want to learn to fuck with eagles, you got to learn how to fly. Um, you know, I've already mentioned that my teenage angst now has a, a body count. You know, we mentioned, you know, fuck me gently with a chainsaw, yeah. stuff like that. You know, why have you got to be a mega bitch, Heather? Stuff like that, that I just love. And I still think that works on an, a younger audience now. Mm-hmm. But for someone like who is a fan of the film, why, how would you sell it? to a younger audience now and say, look, this film's 30 years old, but it's still relevant. It's still going to grab your attention. I, I honestly, you know, I think the main thing would be, um, is the comedy in it? As I said, and I've touched on it, it won't be everybody's film, but a lot of the people who I associate with, I know that they would love it. And there's, you know, there there is mirrors between back then and I, And I mean, um, the 80s has had such a revival over the past couple of years. You know, the, the people will jump at a chance and there's very little music in it, but I think the music in it is is, is quite remnant of the 80s and the her. And well, you do have teenage suicide, don't do true. it. That's um, true, which was, it should have been number one at the time. But I mean, like the style, the style in it, it's brilliant. I mean, all that tweed's coming back now. And I think one of the, probably one of the bigger selling points is that it's actually been made into a musical and that's going to be a gateway for other people who will have never seen it. I think it was off Broadway in New York and is now on, I think it's just starting on the West End in September and it's starring Carrie Hope Fletcher who is um, Tom Fletcher from McFly's sister who's written a lot of young adult books and young adult fiction so people will see her and make that connection and go this is something different that we've seen and I think maybe from that it, it it'll resonate back to the film. I know there is a lot that they've had to change for the musical that they've had to remove an awful lot just to accept certain topics in the audiences. And again, with the television show, I know it was pulled um in America, but I believe it will be shown in UK and in 
around in Europe. And it's kind of, you know, I think the way the TV show's been built up is going to be the likes of, in the line with like Scream Queens and Scream itself, the TV show, which I think at the same, you know, as well as Heather's, whenever the television show came out, people who hadn't seen Scream the original, aside if anybody hasn't seen Scream the original, that's that's very disappointing. But it, it kind of brought them back to be interested in the film. I think it's it's going to regenerate itself over time as well. Obviously, you'd reference Thoroughbreds and they'd made note to Heather's in their notes. So if you're really interested in film and if you enjoy that, you'll say, oh, well, I've never seen this film, Heather's, before. I might give it a look. Yeah, it's going to regenerate itself time and time again. And with the topics and how it is in high school, you're going to see it repeated in films anyway. I have one more question for you, but the only, the only other film... I thought that's maybe as close to kind of Heather's in the satire and what it's kind of sent to in the pitch black nature. And it just it hadn't come to me earlier on. It would probably be something like Cruel Intentions. Oh, yeah. Cruel Intentions, I mean, it's kind of in around the 20-year mark. You know, it, it's definitely, there's shades of Cruel Intentions you can see in Heather's in that kind of teenage kind of high mm-hmm. school dynamic. But I want to come back. You've mentioned the, the TV show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is something, we're kind of going slightly off topic here, but this is what we do best at Band of Flicks. You've mentioned the TV show. It is something we're seeing more and more of, cult 80s and 90s films, you know, now being retooled. You haven't seen the TV version of Heathers. Are you kind of going, this is something else to what the, the cult classic that I love, you know, Heathers is, is my baby, That's, I have that cult movie, I don't need the TV series? wouldn't say it's my baby. I think that there's enough done in, in the film without it needing a TV show. Um, They, from what I've read and from what I've heard, they aren't extending on the original. It's just they're taking the um, setting of the first film, three um, Heathers type characters, one outcast of Vivian, and then the bad boy JD. But it's gonna it's it's taking a completely different tangent. I know that they have cast. Um, I think to make it as diverse as possible, they have a transgender guy as one of the Heathers. Then there is um, the main girl who is very confident with her weight, which would have been different to the original Hellers that were all looked the same, all skinny, all pale, had the same, you know, outfits. I know the outfits in this, they have made it their point that the three Hellers dress completely differently. And I I think, the, you know, they've removed the whole um, school bombing idea and things like that. So they, they've stripped a lot of it away to the point where the TV show is going to be completely different. But are you worried then? I mean, I know we're kind of talking here, we're in the realm of speculation where you haven't seen it. And I know mm. it's kind of not really a review. But I mean, by taking so much of it away, are you worried they're going to dilute that product and that kind of, that hard-hitting satire that the, that the first film had? Yeah, totally. I don't, I don't think it's going to be as funny. It's going to be, I mean, this day and age, everything... It's so PC, like, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I think there, you know, in this day, there's so much horrible stuff going on in the world that you do need to censor a whole lot because, you know, you know, people get so absorbed by television and, and the media. But I think it's just, it's not going to have the same effect. I mean, it might, for me, because I do love the film so much, I know I won't enjoy it. For other people who maybe haven't seen the film, will enjoy the television show for what it is. And then... You know, maybe go and watch the film and see that that they're very similar or that they're 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 both different. I know with the musical, as I've said, they haven't stripped an awful lot away. I think that there's just certain ideas that took away, but they've stayed true to 
the look and the style. Um, My question to you, you know, just kind of, I'm interrupting you, but yeah. are you tempted to make a pilgrimage to London oh, to yeah. see the musical? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably even say it to my friend Robert. Would we go over and see it? Because when I when I seen the the musical Bazaar, like I actually got quite excited. Um, I'm a fan of musicals anyway, and I don't think it'll tarnish the authenticity of the film because I mean I've seen Book of Mormon, which as a musical, I mean that is explicit and an extreme in the most sense. But I mean, there's so many great songs that come out of it. So yeah, it'll be definitely something that that I would say. I don't imagine it's going to tour on like the you know the big hitters. I'm actually kind of surprised it's going on the West End, um, because it wasn't on Broadway, um, it was in you know a, a smaller venue. But I suppose it's one of those cases where they they didn't think it was going to do as well as it did. And you know, with the revival of Winona Ryder herself with Stranger Things, and go God, I've never seen it before. Click on and then find the film through that way. I don't think. Christian Slater hasn't done anything since Mr. Robot, so... Are I'm, you secretly saying here you secretly want Heathers too? Oh no, I'd leave it as it is. I, I, don't, I don't even think um, half of the original actors would still want to be it, be in it, to be honest. But, you know, with, with those connections and those actors still being present to this day, it might be another link for people to go and watch it. Yeah, and as we do with all these kind of retrospective reviews, I know it's kind of similar to what we do in the TV show. I guess I know the answer here, but we always wrap up by saying this retrospective review is Heather's worthy of its cult movie status and why, Tres? It's worthy of the cult status because it is one of those films that we've touched on. At the time, it didn't do as well. But right now, I mean, a film's having a 30th anniversary re-release and re-released on DVD. Yes, it's all about the money. But at the same time, there's plenty of films out there that probably have the same kind of anniversary date that are probably more well-known. And they're not getting as much of the the promotion for it um and i think it just it just um sticks the test of time really fantastic and we should leave it there thank you very much tres thank you so that pretty much brings our podcast to a close if you like what you hear don't forget to subscribe however you get your podcast and fix 